Welcome to Pretty Much Done. I'm Julia Mazur. I could not be more excited for today's guest. Her Refinery29 article actually helped inspire me to start this podcast. Notoriously banned from Hinge, this dating vigilante is the hero we definitely do not deserve but surely need. She's Amelia Sampson. We discuss her breakup story that shot her into TikTok stardom, dating on the apps, and how to get around someone blocking you. As a heads up, we do discuss mental health and medication, and neither of us are medical professionals, and what works for Amelia may or may not work for someone else. Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Hey guys, welcome to Pretty Much Done. I'm so excited to be interviewing this guest today, Amelia Sampson. You guys may know her through her viral breakup article that went viral on TikTok, Refinery29, eight-year relationship, we're going to get into it, as well as our resident dating app critiquer. And we love your content, Amelia, and we're so, so excited to have you on the pod. So, hey. Hey, thank you so much for inviting me to come on. I'm so excited. I'm so excited, too, because when I think of like a harsh breakup, after I read your article, I you know, was like, this girl has been through it, eight-year relationship. I don't even know how. Like, the longest relationship I've ever been in is a four-year relationship. So you trump me twice as much. Four years is still a long time. I feel like, you know how they say, like, SPF is always the same over, like, 40? I feel like all relationships feel the same after, like, three. (laughs) That is so funny. Do you think that there is, like, a cliff of when it just gets bad? You know that seven-year breakup bitch? Do you think that exists? I've never heard of what is that? You don't know about that? No. People say that there's like a seven year itch, like in marriages, and like that's when people start to like stray. Seven years, this is like a thing. I think it's like oh. a terrible twos, but like for relationships. Honestly, it tracks because that was when my relationship started to really go on the decline was seven years. Really? In. So well, look at I'm, that. I'm living proof. You are living proof. You cre- <laughs> you created the theory. You were just tricking me. Yeah, I was seeing if you knew it was a test. Exactly. <laughs> one day when I get to a seven year relationship, I'll tell you and I'll be like, didn't happen. The seven your itch didn't happen. It's totally fine. I'm in a healthy relationship. It's going to be great. Hell yeah, we're breaking the mold. Exactly. Okay, so let's get into it. Obviously, I found you because I saw your Refinery29 article. I read about it. Some stuff that resonated with me is like you spoke about feeling like you had to pull yourself out of a ditch. So run me through that relationship. How did you guys meet first and foremost? And then what happened with the breakup? Yeah, we met freshman year of college. Actually, we had like a Facebook page for like everybody that was living in our dorms. And I saw him. I'm like, that one's mine. And I locked it in real quick. Freshman year of college. We were together all through college and then for four years after and we were long distance for the last few years there which really like you know sealed the deal on the breakup I would not wish long distance on my worst I agree I agree long distance just doesn't work it's tough it takes a lot of extra extra communication which is like relationships already require so much so (laughs) trying to do extra is rough it's good and bad because it's like good in the way that like you have your independence you can like go hang out with friends you can go do your own thing but then you have to figure out when you spend time with that person who's in the relationship like you have to start scheduling in facetimes and you have to start scheduling phone calls and then it's like that doesn't feel like a relationship that feels like a job Absolutely. And also coming out of college, I felt like I had given all of my college years to him. So when I got out of college, I was like, all right, I'm going to like make new friends and like focus on myself. And that's really tough to do when like you have to give 
a lot of yourself to the person. Like you're saying, you have to schedule time together. You have to schedule visits. You have to schedule trips. And it turned out that he was coming to see me a lot and I was never going to see him, Hmm. which I have some thoughts about. I mean, he lived in a place where there like wasn't a lot to do. I would go sometimes. It's not like I wouldn't go. Where did he live and where did you live? He lived in the middle of the state where there's just like nothing going on. Like it's kind of like an agricultural area. It's beautiful, but there's just like not a lot to do. Is that Oregon? Because you're in Portland. No, I'm in Seattle. Oh, you're in Seattle. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. he lived in Washington in like the rural parts. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it turned out a lot of what had happened in our past, which I'll get into, started to kind of like rear its ugly head toward the end of the breakup. And it just kind of all came out in a bunch of like really inappropriate ways, like me pulling away, him kind of having more of like an anxious attachment to me, trying to like make it work because he knew that he had screwed up. So to get into that, he had cheated on me in college quite a bit. I found out about two of the times okay. and we broke up and then he like tried to get me back instantly. And I obviously was still in love with him and young. He was my first love. So right. I was like, okay, I believe, you know, you're putting in work. And he was, and he really became this like reformed version of himself, but I never had time to heal. And it just kind of started rearing itself back up into our relationship down the road. Going back, how did you find out that he cheated? Did somebody tell you? Yeah. So I was always concerned. Like I just always had like a gut feeling, but it was one of those things where everyone's like, you're just being crazy. You have no reason to believe this. Everyone meaning like your friends? Yeah, everybody. Everyone's like, you have no reason to believe this. I'm like, well, it just just kind of feels like maybe something happened. And then we had broken up over a fight. It was the Halloween of senior year Mm -hmm. college. And I was at home and I was crying. And my roommates were like sitting around, like listening to me cry. And I was like, I wish that I was mad instead of sad because I've always said like anger is so much easier to deal with than sadness. And they all just kind of like looked at each other and they were like, well, we're gonna give you some space. I was like, okay. Are you still friends with these people? One of them. Okay, okay. (laughs) Just one of them. (laughs) Yeah. I walked back into the room that they were in like an hour later and it felt like it was like intervention style. They were like all like sitting around just like waiting for me to walk in. Uh And they were like, so we have something to tell you. We've been hearing that he's been like kissing girls at parties behind your back. And I was like super dope to be hearing about it this way. Thank you so much, you guys. They were like, you wanted to be mad. So here it is. Yeah, we've known about this for months. Oh, my God. I was waiting for you to ask. Oh, my God. So I confronted him about it, and he came out and confessed to sleeping with a few girls as well. It was kind of the levy broke, and all of it came out, and it was one of the worst nights of my life. I feel like it feels so dramatic to say, like, it felt like I was, like, dying. Yeah. (laughs) But when you go through a breakup, when like a lot of your identity is wrapped around this person and then they like wrong you in a way like that and had been lying about it for like over a year too, that he was just like sitting on this secret. It was just like the worst kind of betrayal that I could have known. And I started like all the stuff started flooding back, like the girls that he had cheated on me with. Like I remember them looking at me a certain way in the library and like that must have been why. And like all of this stuff just starts to come back. And it's just like, how did I let this happen? And that's the worst part of getting cheated on is like you always blame yourself, especially when it's the first time you're going through it. It's so much easier to blame yourself. Yes. And it's just never your fault if somebody cheats on you. It's just there is a whole lot of other stuff going on there that is 
bigger than just you. Like I said, he did a lot of work on himself. And honestly, the version of him that he became, I couldn't even imagine him cheating on me. Right. We stayed together for a few years after that, which is me looking back now. I just want to hug the past version of me and be like, girl, right. you're so much better than this. So when you like look back at that past version who was like, okay, fine, I'm going to forgive him. Why do you think she forgave him? Because people listening are going to be like, you know, up in arms like, I would never. Yeah. I know. And I completely get that. If you're listening and you're like, what the hell were you thinking? I wish I knew. Yeah. But I think I wanted to believe that I was good enough in his eyes to change himself for. Mm. Like it turned into this like, you know, it was somebody whose love I had wanted for so long Mm -hmm. and he had been pulling away for years. And then like finally he was like showing up at my door, showing up at my window, like crying for me back, like asking for like all of this forgiveness and attention and love. And I was like, this is what I've wanted for all this time like it sucks that I had to go through this to get here but like I've put in all this work let's give it another go yeah and there's something I feel like whenever people get back with someone that hurt them and then they get hurt again they're always like I shouldn't have done that I don't feel that way I'm honestly really grateful for that time because right you know regardless of me not having any time to heal before getting back together with him I learned a lot about myself during that time like what I deserve and like what I'm willing to put up with and what I'm not willing to put up with and it was a really useful time in my life I don't regret it yeah everything's a lesson right yep everything's a lesson or a blessing (laughs) exactly exactly you gotta (laughs) coin that term I should put it on some shirts I know I know that'll be good that'll be good Uh, people will be like wearing them to church yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly Okay, so you take him back. It feels like what was going on was like a little bit of game playing manipulation. It was like you were chasing him and he was maybe not fully available all the time. And then here he was available. Did he change? Now that I'm removed enough from it, because this was what, like almost two years ago now? Okay. That we broke up. I want to say yes. I think that I hurt him a lot in the end, too, because I was pulling away for a really long time before I wanted to admit that, like, this just wasn't a good thing for us. Mm -hmm. So there was some repeat behavior toward the end of our relationship there. I'm not making excuses for him. I never want to sound like somebody that's making any sort of excuses for bad behavior. Right. Looking at it for the forest and not the trees, like, we were so young trying to get through this relationship and him and I both made so many missteps I never cheated but like we made a lot of missteps we hurt each other a lot and I think that he did put in a lot of work to become a better person he like started you know going to therapy and like talking to people that like he had like you know not talked to in a long time or like had rifts in his relationship with people he like made amends and went to the gym all this stuff the part that was so frustrating was when we broke up he started dating his roommate like right away and it was an eight-year relationship and there's parts of that where i'm like what was going on when we were still together and that's obviously natural to think because he cheated on me so why wouldn't he have done it again right it's frustrating to know that like all of that work this sounds like a really petty thing to say but like all of the work and like pain that i went through for him to become the best version of himself he was just it was so easy for him to just like put it on to someone else yes that was probably the most painful part of the breakup for sure i talk about that with a lot of girlfriends it's like you're making this guy perfect to be like great for someone else it's like you help revamp the wardrobe and it's like oh well he's gonna have the great wardrobe with the new girlfriend why'd i style him for that it's so frustrating yeah but wait going back like that's insane that he dated his roommate did you have a feeling that there was something between them you like open up a whole can of words this feels like free therapy good good i had therapy today so i'm I'm reciprocating so she was always a little rude to me okay in a way that i was like is she being like it was it was a little like 
indirect, yeah. but I could always tell that she didn't like me. And she was the only girl in the group that was like close to his age and single. So it was just like, right. yeah, I always had my suspicions as well. I mean, when they lived together, she was in a relationship, but when they weren't living together was when like her and her boyfriend broke up. I like found out that they had been hanging out one-on-one, my ex and her on Venmo, which like Venmo is an underrated yes, avenue for yes. finding out that people are cheating. It's messed up. Oh my God. Have you ever looked through couples Venmo's history? I have a friend. They would nickel and dime each other. It'd be like Ew. Uber ride. It would be like juice, like crazy. Gotta get on couple Venmo. I guess you have to also track a toxic partner on Venmo, but couple Venmo is another underrated one for sure. It's a window into people's lives. Yes. It's fascinating. Yes. And I didn't realize that until this breakup. And then I, I just turned into like a total like As nut job looking through his Venmo after that. Yes. A hundred percent. You had to block me on Venmo. I didn't even know you could do that. How did he find out? That you were looking, you said. I mean, stuff. I was like calling him out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Going back, I didn't hear how you guys ended it in the end. So you took him back after he mm-hmm. cheated, kind of changed his patterns, but still had stuff there. How did you yeah. fully end it? So we had decided to take some time apart because I was realizing that I had never gotten over the cheating and I needed to do that. And I mean, it was one of those breakups that it was like, it took like six conversations for us to like actually end. And then once we finally did, he was like, take all of the time you need. I will be here whenever you're ready. Yeah. I know. Liar. So liar. Yeah. You know that you know We're that Chloe like, Kardashian screaming liar. That's that. Okay. He's a full on liar. That's exactly exactly how I felt. So I got this like anonymous message on Instagram from like a burner account that was like my ex. Obviously the names were replaced here, but they were like, I said he. I think it might have I have theories of who it was, but they said your ex and her are dating just figured you should know or something like that. And this was like two weeks after we had taken a break and we were still like talking all the time. And so I sent him a screenshot, just like kind of like, oh, look at this. Like, you know, people are getting involved in our drama. And he wrote back and said, can I call you? Which is the actual worst response. What did you do in that moment? What happened? I mean, so I was living at home at the time. It was like right at the beginning of COVID. And I just like, I was downstairs watching TV with my parents and I just stood up and walked upstairs without saying anything and shut the door and called him. And he just like fessed up to it. He was like, she makes me happy. And she was there for me when, you know, I needed her. I'm like, she swooped in. Like, of course she did. That was like a good opportunity for her, like, you know, yeah swipe are they still together today do you know i don't know i've blocked good yeah. both of them on everything okay we'll go into coping mechanisms later i, I don't want to steal your thunder okay yeah that'll be a whole i have so many things to say about good, coping good, mechanisms. Good. he says that to you and then what do you say i kind of blacked out i remember yeah. like yelling a lot i don't yell i think really the only times i've ever yelled has been at him like i don't yell which is unusual for an italian <laughs> but i was like real real mad i guess after that i talked to him the next day and he had like walked to his friend's house and was like crying la 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 whatever and I guess decided to end it with her it's like the timeline is really blurry because right. like who who actually knows right and then in June of 2020 he slipped back into my dms and this is like a very this is like a reader's digest version of like a freaking odyssey but he slipped back into my dms and we started like seeing each other again and like meeting up halfway and hooking up and Uh. like you know doing all of the messy ex stuff Uh and then 
one day in October, I noticed he had blocked me on Instagram. Out of nowhere? Out of nowhere. We had been talking. We had been fighting, but like we were kind of were always fighting toward the end. Right. So like, it wasn't like this fight was particularly bad. So I'm like, there's something shady going on. Yeah. So I got a text from one of my friends. Did he delete his Instagram? So he had blocked and or removed all of my friends as followers, went private, but he didn't block my friend's salon page. Yeah, but you start to go to these depths. You start, you're like, I'm going to find my friend's salon page. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, FBI should be all women, truly. Yeah. So she gives me her login and I go onto her Instagram and look at his page and he's with her. He posted them? Mm-hmm. Which is why he like blocked me and removed all my friends. Wow. So that I wouldn't find out. But you got to be sneakier than that because I got friends with business pages. Yeah. So I couldn't get a hold of him. Because he had blocked my Instagram, my Facebook, my number, everything, which is like really fucked up after eight years, eight years to just like ghost like that. So I emailed him and I was like, what is going on? Like, I'm getting your message loud and clear, but like, it just feels out of nowhere. Like, can you tell me what's happening? And I have the email he sent. It's really short. Do you want me to read it? Yes, please. And we'll get into the, obviously, the, like the TikTok videos that I did, but yeah. I wasn't going to share this. And then after the first day, I was like, whatever, I'm sharing it. Yeah. He said, Amelia, after time and a lot of thought, I know where my heart is and it is not with you. Please do not contact her or I anymore. Like I would contact her. I need to move on with my life and be happy. And so do you. I wish the very best for you. I truly do. Oh my God. I was with Liz, which is my podcast yeah. co-host. And we had just wrapped an episode and I saw that he had emailed me and I was like, oh my God, he emailed me. And I opened it and just went into a full-blown panic attack. And Liz was like sitting there like Googling how to like help someone having a panic attack because like I just couldn't breathe. Wow. And I wrote out this like really long email response to him. I never sent it um, because I didn't want to be waiting for a response. So that was the last engagement we ever had. That is the wildest email I've ever heard. It sounds like a bachelor elimination. That doesn't even sound real. Like your partner of eight years, Mm -hmm. Amelia, I wish the best for you. Well, the best for me is not to ghost me and like write me an email. That's the best. 100%. Like you clearly don't give a fuck. No. I was like, you clearly don't give a fuck if you're just like, if this is how you went about it. Don't pretend like you care about my feelings when you very obviously don't. And like I said, now that I'm removed from it, it's like, I don't know how he felt. I don't know how I made him feel. I don't know what was happening at the time. I don't know any of that. Yeah. And so like, I can't, you know, dog him like too much. I think we're all just doing our best to get by. Right. But that was probably the worst that I've ever felt in my entire life. (sighs) It was an awful, awful, awful day. I'm sure it's so personal, but like being clearly objective on the matter like he did you the biggest favor sending you that email oh my god yes absolutely and that's what I kept saying to people when I first got it I was like this is you could not have been more cruel about this and I mean the blocking was like you know pretty cruel but looking back on it like it really gave me no option but to heal exactly and I think part of him knew that I don't want to give him too much credit but like he did know me so well and I knew him so well and if I know anything about him it's that he toward the end, probably wanted to go about this in a way that he thought was the kindest, just knowing him. Yeah. 
which is like again if people are listening like bitch he cheated like he cheated on you more than once but like the adult version of him I really do I want to believe that he did what he felt was best right and at the end of the day like you're saying it was what was best it was a clean break and I needed that yeah because you saw that like when he broke up with her you were slipping Mm -hmm. but now that he's like I'm with her this makes me happy you're like all right can't go back like gotta preserve Mm -hmm. my ego so whatever I'm gonna move on so what do you do to move on by the way one thought that popped in my head is who sent the burner it was him right no I don't think so he was so caught off guard I think it was her really yeah but when I told him that because that was my first thought I was like this is obviously her he was like she wouldn't do that she was shocked also I'm like okay Jan I don't think yeah like you don't understand women because this is like my reformed version of me probably not but me in that mindset if my boyfriend was talking to his ex a bunch I would go like defcon 5 like I would try to like do whatever I could but who knows I don't know, maybe it was a friend of theirs doesn't matter I was being the FBI but no I mean I've spent so much time th- thinking about that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I still don't know yeah we don't know like you said like gut feelings you just girls know girls girls know how girls operate girls can be so malicious and like just mean and if this girl was like maybe like they cheated or if this girl was trying to hook up with your boyfriend who's to say that she wouldn't send you this dm like we don't know but we don't right. care. we move on how do we move on tell me amelia how did you move on oh my god okay a lot of therapy i got on prozac which is obviously like not everyone's course of action but i had very clear like chronic depression yeah and anxiety and talk therapy just like wasn't doing it for me so i got a psychiatrist which really did make a world of difference for me but I also stopped snooping there is a lot to be said about snooping it's like you go through someone's social media to like deconfirm what you believe and if you do you feel better for like five minutes and if you don't then it just pulls you deeper into how you were feeling and it was one of those things where it was just I was getting this like feedback loop of checking feeling better for five minutes then remembering something that like maybe I should check also and going back into it and when I just like cut that off and showed myself that if I have that urge and I don't need to do it then every time I feel that urge I don't need to go in and snoop it just started to be like new habit forming yes I got sick of just like putting my body through the feeling of being sad which I mean people that with depression it's like there's other options and that's how I was feeling I was like I guess I'm just sad but it got to the point where I just like had to be kinder to myself yeah so I stopped snooping and that is like the holy grail of moving on I think so. You took control of your behaviors. I mean, like, great for you. I can't say I haven't done it before. I'm like, I'm definitely like, do my best of like not snooping on like an ex or like not snooping on the new girlfriend or whoever it may be. But like, how do you do like block? Because you don't want to block because then it shows that person that you care too much. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I, at that point, like I figured, of course I care. So like, I didn't care if he knew that I did. I forgot to tell you this like juicy, juicy part. So I started hooking up with one of his friends like 
a year and a half later, which is like shittier for him than it was for me, but like it was still pretty shitty. But he told me that I sent my ex this like, not even kidding, like 10 page handwritten letter Uh through the mail the week that he, right before he blocked me and him and his girlfriend burnt it in the backyard without reading it. He told you that? Mm -hmm. They had like a sacrificial burning. Oh my God. I know. (laughs) So I was okay with blocking them and them knowing that I cared a lot because like, fuck that. Like uh, that- letter first of all I wrote like 30 versions of that letter before I sent the one that I sent you know you just like throw it in a fire that's the most dramatic shit I've ever heard in my fucking life and then you tell your ex that you threw it in a fire so like you really stick it to like he never needed to tell you that well no so he told my friend or his friend that I had hooked up with the friend told me yeah oh fuck the FBI continues like unfortunately well good Uh for you honestly see okay and this is one of those things the reason I bring this up is like even though I blocked him on everything and I'm like doing my absolute best not to hear updates about him and her. I'm still hearing them. And because it's like we still exist in this very small circle yes. of people that like went to this college and like still live in this area or like live yes. close by. And I like I went to dinner with two of my friends once and one of my friends was like, so I heard they just bought a house together. And I was like, yeah, I didn't know that. I know. And I would like to not hear that. But my therapist had a really good point where I was like, that was the worst fucking thing that I could have heard. I did not want to hear that. I do all this work to not hear anything. And she was like, it's good that you hear that because then you have evidence that like your world doesn't implode when you hear news about him. Right. Right. And so it's kind of like exposure therapy in a way. It's like I've done all of this work to not hear anything, but it's it's good to see that like if I do, like if I run into him or I run into her, like it's not going to be the end of the world. Right. Yeah, that works. I mean, listen, in an ideal world, they move to like Japan and you never have to see them again. Like Mm -hmm. I I have an ex that moved to Florida like when we broke up, like good for you. And like that made it so much easier because I knew I couldn't text. I didn't know what he was doing. We weren't running in the same circles. But like, yeah, to your point, it's like you grow stronger. But I think that uh, setting a boundary with your friends, like if possible, of being like, listen, I don't need to know this. Yeah. Is a nice way to just kind of go about things. Absolutely. Yeah. And the friend that told me that they bought a house, she was like, she texted me after she's like I feel like such a piece of shit I can't believe Mm. she's like I thought you knew I'm so sorry and it's like it's fine I just like don't want to know and then our mutual friend that I had was hooking up with that was really important for me to see like maybe it's like not a good idea for me to like dip my toes into this pond especially the healed version of me that's like it's not like I hooked up with this friend for payback you know it's like I actually was like interested in him okay I don't need to reintroduce myself into that world yeah good for you it's not good good for for my energy it's not good for my space So the short answer of that question is just like protecting your energy in any way that you can and not putting yourself through things unnecessarily that is just going to pull you deeper into the sadness is the best way to move on. So my ex got into a relationship shortly after two and I was looking at like their social media content and my therapist would always check me and be like, what exactly is this serving you? Like, it's okay if like you need to still do it, but just ask yourself, check in with yourself and see what side that's serving you. And when you boil down to it, it's like, you're comparing, you're trying to snoop. It's like, it serves these like lesser parts of yourself. So almost like figuring that out kind of makes you ease out of it. Absolutely. Yeah, it does. My therapist always asks, is this keeping you safe? Like if I like, for a while I was sleeping with a light on in my house because I was scared. She's like, is that keeping you safe? So I always hear her in my ear now whenever I was like doing things like snooping, like is this actually helping me in any way? Yeah. 
probably not. I think it's probably doing worse if you think about it. And it really was. So, and that was evidenced by like, I started feeling better so soon after I stopped snooping and that might've been the Prozac, but it was also, I'm sure me not forcing myself to see things that depressed me even more. Yeah. I like that you take control. So did the TikTok videos, was that like another thing that you kind of dipped your toe into and like decided to take control of? Yeah. The day that I got the email was the day that I started that series. That was the first day. And I was just like laying on my kitchen floor, just like sobbing and trying to like distract myself with TikToks. And I was like, if I could just see chapters of someone's healing to know that like this isn't going to feel this shitty for forever, it would help me so much. And I didn't know if that existed. When I started doing my video diaries, I guess a few other people had done this, but I I hadn't seen any of it. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do my own. And if nobody sees it, then like at least I'll have something to look back on just to see my progress over time. It's like taking like fitness pictures to like show your progress. Like you don't really see it unless you can like compare side to side. Totally. So for that reason, I'm really happy that I did it because looking back on how I was on that day one, I'm like, girl, pick yourself up. I just, I, like I said, I really want to hug her. Like it's, it was really useful for me to see, but I posted it and it was like two in the morning and I woke up and it had like thousands and thousands of views. And I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people know about me now. And it just kept going up and up. And then by the end of the day, it had like 300,000 views, which was like a stupid big number for what I was used to seeing on that platform yeah. at the time. I mean, that's a lot of people. Yeah. And I had like 10,000 followers. I had like 200 before that. So it was just like, okay, this is something I have to keep up on now. People are actually relying on me to do this. And so I started doing it. I started recording myself every day. And what I didn't realize was going to be so helpful about that is feeling like it helped show me that when I'm sad. I think the hardest part of it is always like feeling like I'm being stagnant in it. Like I'm not using it for good. It's like I'm feeling like shit for no reason. That's like how it feels. It gave me like a purpose for like the pain that I was in and allowed me to like, you know, start to like be there for people that felt super alone. And from there, like I started a support group on Instagram that I thought was going to be like 10 people. It ended up being like 12 groups of 30 people on Instagram. And I just got actually like two days ago, I got a message from one of the groups that was like, Amelia, we just want to let you know, like we all still have a group text. We all still like a few of us have met in person, like da da da. I'm like, oh, I love you so much. But it turned out to be just like this amazing community that I had no idea was there. And we started a Facebook group. It's 1,500 people now, I think is what it's at. And these are people who like went through a breakup? Mm-hmm. It's either people that went through a breakup and want to help people or are currently going through a breakup and need support. Amazing. And it's just gone. It's taken on a life of its own. I like never say anything in there anymore. It's just kind of running itself. But it was interesting to see how many people... I think it's really common to feel like nobody could ever understand how you feel because it is a really isolating feeling. Nobody else was in your relationship. So it feels like there's no way that anybody has ever possibly felt this bad. Yes. <laughs> I'm the only person in the world that feels this shitty because it is very isolating. There's nobody that will really ever understand exactly how you feel, but there is a whole community of people that feel that exact way. Like that Mm -hmm. feel like 
they could never heal from something like this or are the only people that are like being hit this hard by a breakup. But especially during the pandemic too, when like everybody is so alone and like forced to just sit and like be alone with their sadness, having a little group, it's called a garden of flowers picking themselves is the name of the support group. Having that group is, it was really cool to see everybody just kind of like rally around each other and there's zero judgment. I've had to delete one post and it was like a tough love post. There's no negativity in there. There's nobody judging anyone. It's really, it's pretty beautiful. It's been good. So yeah, having that as well, it made the breakup feel more like there was more of a purpose to it than just me. Not that there needed to be more of a purpose, but it did feel good. Do you feel like that's your purpose now to like help people get through breakups or like help people in relationships? Like how did that translate to your life two years later? What kind of is your purpose now? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think at the time that was my purpose. It felt like it was supposed to, not the breakup. I never want to say like the breakup was supposed to happen there, but I do think that it happened how it did for a reason. I do too. That night that I posted the first video, I looked so bad. I had like a messy bun, like my makeup was running. I was just like snotty, but I was like, I'm posting this. Like there was no question about it. So it felt very like simulation-y. It was like, this was, I didn't make this decision. This was just like something (laughs) overcame me. Like divine timing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It felt like divine timing. So I think at the time that was definitely, that was my purpose. But now I'm making like videos that are intended to make people laugh or like question themselves or the people that they're dating and that feels like my new purpose all I've ever wanted to do is make people laugh so I've been able to like figure out a way now where I can do that that can like maybe help teach people something (laughs) totally well I love your why am I still single tiktok series because for so long I felt the same way and I was like this is crazy that like guys have all of these needs and specifications like obviously I'm a straight female and so I'm talking about hetero males but like all of these guys are like, I will not date someone who takes photos for Instagram. I mean, like all these things that it's like, you want all of these things before you've even met me. And, and you've brought such a good point up in your videos of like, swipe left on me. Yeah. Just swipe left on me. Swipe left. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. So did you go into online dating after you broke up? I know you hooked up with a friend, but like, did you get on the apps? Yeah. When I found out that him and his roommate were together, I like hit the ground running with dating and dating apps didn't exist, at least in the capacity that they do now when I was single last. So I was always curious about it. So I downloaded it and just like anybody that wanted to go on a date with me, I was like, okay. So I was dating somebody different every night. And I look back on that time and I'm just like, girl, (laughs) like you were going out with some like questionable people, but it was good. My friend calls it getting your wiggles out. And I really feel like I was getting my wiggles out. I had never like really dipped into like hookup culture like that before. Yeah. Because you met him in college. Right. Exactly. And before that I had like kissed a few boys. (laughs) So it was like my first like real foray into that world. And then started the podcast as a result of like dating as hard as I was. And it was, you know, an experience. And I didn't know if it was like just me that was like noticing how awful these dudes were on these apps. And so I like started making obviously not given like how many people are following you on TikTok and resonating with this content. After I first started that series, I got banned off of Hinge because I'm sure somebody reported me. I mean, whatever. Yeah. For I got booted yeah. for bullying. I'm like, it's not I'm just the messenger. I'm not I'm just <laughs> reading what you write. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
so I said that on TikTok. I was like, yeah, I got booted. So like this series is done. And everyone's like, let us send you screenshots. We have screenshots. And we have that received. was when it like really boomed. I have like 800 unread DMs of screenshots that people have sent me because that's the real pandemic is dating apps. It's like real, real bad. Yeah. And it was very like, it also, I've gotten a lot of messages like you, you help me feel less alone, which is cool because that's what I wanted to do with the video diaries. Yeah. Too. So it's cool that there's also like people looking for, you know, not feeling so alone in this arena too. So it's like, as your dating life evolves, you can just relate to everyone. That's great. Are you dating now? What's your dating life like now? I've like really kind of hit the brakes on dating. For a while, I was like, I went from dating a bunch of people all at once to like dating people pretty casually and just like hooking up Mm -hmm. and like dating people that felt the same way. They Mm -hmm. were just like, I'm just like not looking for anything serious. And I started to realize that like I wasn't getting fulfilled from that anymore. So I started dating more intentionally recently. I'm like saying that he might end things tomorrow. Who knows? But I'm dating somebody right now that I like really, really like. And I'm terrified that he's going to hurt me. Uh. But we met on Instagram, which is like, I feel like such a boomer. Like we met on Facebook. (laughs) We met on Instagram and we've just been like hanging out a ton. Um, So... I'm only seeing one person right now. Oh. I know, but it's like not exclusive and like we're not like official. I just like don't like anybody else. <laughs> and you're just like taking it day by day. Yeah. And it's been cool to see kind of how my dating has evolved over time because I've gone through all of the phases now, like the heartbroken to like just hooking up with everybody that wanted to right. take me out for a drink right. to then like kind of easing up a little bit on that to wanting to date more intentionally. And now like dating somebody that I could see a future with, again, who knows? Like I'm so used to, this is the other thing that I don't think people realize when they hurt someone, how fucked up they're going to be for a while after it. Like I'm so ready for this guy to just be like tomorrow, like block me and send me an email being like, I want what's best for you and (laughs) you need to move on. Cause that's what I know. That's all I know. I feel like that's what an uninvolved person does. Like, so this guy, did you take learnings from your past relationship and you were like I definitely don't have like non-negotiables for this relationship like what are those non-negotiables for this new guy you know what's interesting is like I knew so little about what I wanted or what I didn't want when I was with my ex and I learned all of that through that like hard dating which is why I say that I don't regret that time when I was getting my wiggles out because that's when I learned what I want and what I don't want Mm -hmm. okay hear me out dudes are like really bad at telling stories yeah there is something about it I don't know what it is and like I'm sure people (laughs) that are listening are like that's so freaking random but like Every dude that I've realized if I've gone on a date with him and he cannot tell a story, it's one of those things that just like, it feels like there's going to be like a climax and then like, like a a turning point of the story or whatever. It just like ends right before the climax. It's like, that was the story. That's what you just made me sit through. There's something about that. And I don't know if it's because I value like really social guys with like lots of friends and like that can like, you know, run a room and like, I don't have to worry about them at a party. That must be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's like the one thing that I've like really noticed that I wouldn't have known before. And then guys that aren't funny. I love funny guys. Right. And that goes hand in hand with the storytelling. I was going to say it sounds like sense of humor and like mm-hmm. being interesting and just like having stories to tell feels like a non negotiable. Yeah. I don't want to have to like referee conversations when I like bring him around. Yes. And I think that that's the really big thing is I've dated some guys where I've like brought them around friends and I've had to like laugh extra loud at their jokes because like yeah. they're not funny. Yes. And then like, I just, I don't, I want to be able to bring a dude to a party. 
and then have everybody just like be like, oh my God, you brought so-and-so and like yes. be excited to see him and me just be able to do my thing. And I couldn't agree more because I can hold my own in any situation. So I want my partner to do the same and I yes. value that. And I think that a red flag for me and like this is just personal is like if my friends don't like my partner, red flag. Yes, absolutely. It's extra tough now because I've been hurt so much you know I mean like since I've been dating more intentionally I've been getting like freaking demolished by dudes that I'm like interested in and now everybody that I date my friends are like no we already don't like him he has to it's it used to be we're gonna like him until he gives us a reason not to and now it's we're not gonna like him until until he gives us us a reason reason to I love that so whenever a dude like breaks through that I'm like okay you got my friend's approval then you're not too bad of a dude good so this guy did that (laughs) actually meeting his best friend tonight Oh my god! I know. Oh he hasn't god. met any of my friends yet. That's so exciting. Well, you're gonna I be am great. Nervous no, you're gonna be great. Do you want to do a prep here? Oh my god, I need a pep talk. I'm just like you. Like you were just saying, you can hold your yeah. own in any room. But oh my god, I'm just already. I'm like, no, I'm gonna freak you're out interesting. You can tell a story. <laughs> You've got a lot of stories to tell. You're gonna be great. True? You're gonna be great. Okay. Thank you so much. We're gonna wrap up that portion, and we're gonna get into our next portion because we need to get you on this friend date. We're gonna do our little segment called Trouble in Paradise where we talk about celebrity couples that are kind of on the rocks or kind of we're not really sure about and I want to hear your takes on these couples. So are you ready to get into it? Okay. Oh, excited. Yeah. The first one is really timely. So I don't know if you saw this week, but Khloe Kardashian announced that she is expecting a baby with a surrogate with Tristan Thompson. What Mm -hmm. do we think about this couple? You know, bless her heart. She's really given that relationship the old college try. She gave it Amelia's college try, right? (laughs) That's true. Literally my college try. Yeah. Literally. Except I luckily did not make a baby. But Tristan Thompson is a friggin' idiot. There has to be something pathological 100%. going on there. Like there yes. has to be. But like, come on, dude. For this guy to be like hoeing around and thinking that he's going to get away with it. I was just watching the episode of the Kardashians where it came out. Yeah that he yeah. had done this and he didn't even tell Chloe before it came out in the media that he had like gotten another woman pregnant while they were still together so I mean like it's complicated because again like I can't really dog on her too much because like I got back together with someone right. but like how many times is enough I know, times I know I think it's like the father of my baby thing that's like been keeping her there but totally she wants a family and I get that she can find that with someone else and like look at her mom look she's done it many times she has like this blended family she's got to get out of that situation and I understand that they're co-parenting but she's just never needs to talk to him again because he's like has so many babies at this point oh my god I know see my issue with this whole like public perception of their relationship is how much flack she's getting when like she's just doing her best to make it work like it sucks being in love with someone and then having like the court of public opinion deciding right or wrong because it's clearly his fucking fault and he's a moron and she's just wants to believe that he is going to change when he says that he does so I think that that's my bottom line about Chloe and Tristan like can we like actually look at the issue here instead of blaming the woman for the the infidelities that he's couldn't agree more she's just doing her best 100%. All right. Well, we hope that she stops talking to him and finds herself like a really great guy. I love her. I love that whole family. I know. I know. I love her too. I think she's my favorite. It like, it varies. But like right now, she's my favorite. I just want the best for her. Me too. Next one. I have my thoughts on this one. I want to hear your thoughts. Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra. Oh, yeah. I love them. You do? I think this is another example of like, if they weren't famous, nobody would have anything to say. Because like, 
everyone's like, oh, she's so much yeah. older than him. Like, so yeah. fucking what? So what? Like, people have so much to say about shit that has nothing to do with them. And if they're happy, then like, good for them for personal reasons. Like, you know, I like had like a Mrs. Nick Jonas shirt like at his concert a few years back and like that clearly meant clearly. nothing to him but other than that very happy for him he seems really happy I think Priyanka how I'm understanding it is like people don't like her personality it's like okay well he does <laughs> yeah. so like right cool good for you I'm glad yeah. that you have an opinion but that's another one of those things that's just like yeah they're happy and that's good and if they break up then yeah like, all right no I know this whole segment I'm not an authority on any of these people and I have no business of course of but course I don't know why I just don't like them together I think I am like held up on the Olivia Culpo phase of his life and I kind of wish that they totally. worked out and this is not what I saw for him absolutely I didn't see him having this like Indian blowout wedding in India and like People magazine covering it but to each their own yeah to each their own Totally. Oh, my God. Him and Olivia. That, didn't he write jealous Did he? about her? Oh, uh, yeah. I felt like they were really like, supposed to be together. That relationship was cute one. But, you know, you never, never know. know. We yeah. never see what's going on behind the scenes. But again, I know that you don't think that you're like the authority on this. Yeah, it's just it's cool seeing people that have grown up in the spotlight and like been the subject of so much scrutiny for so long just like finally finding happiness i'm so happy that all three of them are happy they're like kind of just chilling out like obviously they're really talented in their own right but like they're just do their own things it feels like on the week you don't like see photos of them really like they're just hanging right yeah they're just existing it's totally cool. okay well differing thoughts there but not an authority nonetheless okay this last one i want to hear your thoughts on britney and sam eshgari i don't even say her last name britney spears sorry i was britney spears three halloweens in a row growing up like she was like my yeah. my god and so like seeing everything that she's gone through and like also being a subject of scrutiny and a lot of it was like really rooted in misogyny and also the whole like mental health conversation that has surrounded her like I'm really happy that she's yeah. found someone. He rubs me ultra the wrong Same, way. Same, and like, I don't know why. Something, he kind of feels like lights are on yeah. and nobody's home in a way that's like a little yeah. creepy. He also feels a little like taking advantage of like yes. her being in this like mental yes. state that yes. she's in because like he's not who I would have chosen for her. And me and Britt Britt go way back. So like she really should have. Well, asked. I just told you who I would have chosen for Nick. So like, again... <laughs> True. She hasn't really made like the greatest right. dating decisions right. or marriage decisions. Did you like her and JT together? I loved her and JT together until he turned into like a major dick bag yeah. about that relationship. Yeah. yeah. But I, I was an NSYNC girl. So I was like, same. That was like my Super Bowl was when they ended up together. But yeah, there's just something about him. I think that a lot of her making the decisions that she's made with him has to do with like pushing against what her family wants for right. her because they've been like wronging her for so long. Right. And like everything with the conservatorship has been a mess. And so I yeah. think that this is like her putting up a fight against that. But also how she's been perceived in the media, I think maybe might make her look less capable of making decisions than she actually is. So who knows? Somebody pointed out because her Instagram posts are nutty. Yes. But yeah. somebody pointed out like she's just like a Southern mom in her 40s. And if you look at it through that lens, it's like, oh. That is kind of just how like a Southern mom in their 40s types their Instagram captions out. Right, right. So I don't know. I think everybody, she's frozen at like 20 in yeah. everyone's minds. 
And that's obvious. That's how everyone like knew her, you know, and like that's the Britney everyone fell in love with. But it sucks that she's just been forced to be in this light for this long. And her relationship, I think, is one of those things that just kind of like fallen victim to, you know, everybody wondering if she's okay. Yeah. It's like blink twice. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Him too. I'm like, (laughs) does he does he blink? No, it doesn't look like it. Definitely not. Definitely not. (laughs) Well, we hope Brit's okay. Oh, God. I love you so much, Brittany. Yeah. If you're hearing this, blink. Yeah. If you're hearing this, call me. 100%. I'll help. 100%. We're pretty much done here. I okay. loved having you on. Amelia, say where you can find your podcast and your handles on Instagram and TikTok. Okay. I'm at Amelia Sampson on everything. My podcast is called The Holy Hour, H-O-E-L-Y. It's like a play on how. <laughs> That's our handle on everything as well. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter everything it's a sex and dating podcast so if you're uncomfy with that kind of thing don't listen but if you would like to listen please do if you're uncomfy with that kind of thing swipe left if you're comfy swipe right exactly you get it yes (laughs) well thank you so much for being on this was so fun thank you so much for having me good luck good luck today on your date oh thank you so much oh my gosh i know i'll give you an update yeah yeah i want to hear i want to hear it's going to be great his friends are going to be great and it sounds like you're healed yes yes thank you so much (laughs) all right bye bye thank you for listening to pretty much done if you want more information about this episode you can check our show notes go like subscribe and leave a review because it helps us grow the pod love you thank you sorry did i just love bomb you i'm not toxic you are okay bye